What up? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 45. We took this thing international this time. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you mash that subscribe button, because we need you to do so. We as in me. It's just me. Sorry, guys. We, me. Charlotte Purdue joined the show today. Um, Really great conversation. Charlotte is just a seems like just a really good person and I I thought that before but after talking to her I'm like yeah this this is legit she really is one of those type of people that just wants to have a good time wants to smile wants to be happy wants to run wants to all that wants to help other people as well so we talked about a lot of that we talked about the controversy of the British athletics you know snub for uh, the Olympic team snub Um, it sucked but it just seems like Charlotte is just being typical Charlotte and just moving right along um, keeping a smile on her face, looking to see what's next, and she didn't say that she had a chip on her shoulder, but if she ever had one before, it's bigger now, and I believe that she's going to continue to push and make things happen. Check out the episode. We talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about Purdue performance as well, the way she's helping other people get faster, stronger, and all that stuff, so check out the episode. Follow us on Instagram at, at Chip Time Running, and also mash that subscribe button so we know that you love us, us as me. Check it out. What's up, everybody? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 45. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Uh, she is the fourth fastest British female runner or marathoner of all time. Uh, she is an incredible lady. She is all type of stuff. Um, she won the big half in, 19, in the big vitality half in 2019. Can't wait to get her on the show. Charlotte Purdue. Um, she's a hot topic right now, but the thing I've always liked about her is the first time that I saw her, I'm probably ruining parts of my, my talk here, but the first time I saw Charlotte, or we really kind of got wind of her and kind of became familiar with her, was the moment when I saw her running in uh, the 2019 London Marathon, which was an amazing day for her and for so many other people as well, but I just saw this grit and fight, and I'm like, that lady has what it takes, and I can't, I'm so, super excited to have her on the show today. Thank you so much, Charlotte. I'm going to request you right now. Can't wait to get into it with you and figure out what makes you so fast and so dang awesome. So as she joins here, make sure you guys get your questions in um, in the little comment section below or in the question box or whatever. Um, let's see. Hold on. If you can see her, let me know. As soon as you see her, let me know because we've had a couple times. Oh, there we go. Hey, Charlotte. Hello. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. I like I like that um, the the picture behind you. That's awesome. <laughs> so is that thanks. that's is that that's the actual bib from the race? Yeah, that's 2019, and then I've got uh, 2018 over there, and uh-huh. then I've got 2016 on the other side of the room, which you can't see. All right, <laughs> yeah, all right. All my all my London marathons, I've got um, framed. Well, I need to figure out the race that I'm going to do that with so that I can my room can look as, as cool as yours. Um, but I really do appreciate you being on the show today and taking some time. Um, what time is it there where you're at? Is it like, what, 9 o'clock? Yeah, it's 9 o'clock, yeah. So where are you based at? It's just for, I mean, most people that are going to log on to this are here for you. But where are you uh, at in the world right now? Uh, yeah, so I live uh, just outside of Windsor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am right now, just okay. at home. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, well, I guess just let's just jump right in. Um, like I said in the intro, the, the first time, because uh, I'm somewhat 
new to running. I started running and you know, running for real and kind of watching like in 2018. Um, so I first got wind of you when you were kicking butt in the 2019 London Marathon, and then I got a chance with this beautiful thing called YouTube to go back and see some of your other things as well. Um, but what, one thing I noticed was like this grit that you had and you were just fighting through it and and I just really appreciated how you were going through it and then even the announcers were like wow this is this is a special day you know which was really cool to watch um, but can we start when way back you know when you started running and kind of tell us that that story and really what got you going and all that good stuff yeah uh, I started running running when I was at um secondary school mm -hmm. um my uh my friends they basically signed me up for um uh, cross country when I was in the bathroom and I came back and my name was down for this cross country and uh so I had to represent the school um at the districts and yeah there was a coach there and he uh was my first coach Mick he came over to me after the race and was like oh I think you've got a good running style and I saw the way you came through the race how do you run for a club and I said no um I don't run for a club um, and he basically told me to come to his running club and yeah, I did. And that's literally how I started running. I just, um, yeah, it was kind of by accident, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I just went, turned up to the club and then enjoyed it and then just kept going more and started doing races. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much so, it. <laughs> so, I mean, cause it's not like, like you said, it kind of stumbled into it a little bit. I mean, it wasn't like, Hey, I want to go, I want to go run a two twenty five one day. Like that wasn't the, <laughs> it wasn't the intention. When, like, when did you realize, and I, I find myself asking this a lot on the show um, for you people that are super fast, when did you realize that you, like, when did it click for you, like, hey, this is, I'm really good at this, and I'm not just, like, having fun and kind of, it's past the point of this is an accident, happy accident. When did you realize, like, wow, I, this could be a thing, you know, for the future? I think um, I did this competition called the English Schools, which is... Uh like where all the be all the schools um, in England, yeah. uh, all the counties, um, like areas, they sent their best, I think, six athletes. And so it was basically the nationals, like the whole of the um, country went to this cross country. And the first year I went to it, I was 66th. Mm -hmm. And then the second year I went to it, I was 33rd. Okay. And then the year after, uh, I actually won. <laughs> um, and so it was... Going from 66th to 33rd, I was like, wow, that's, that's yeah. pretty good in, in a year. And then I kind of thought, well, maybe I could do better the next year. And then the next year I ended up winning. And that was kind of when I thought, well, I could actually be pretty good at this. Um, I did train hard as a junior, but yeah. I think it was more I enjoyed it. And I just did races for enjoyment. And yeah. then, yeah, I enjoyed going to training. It was like social as well yeah. as yeah. training. Um, and, yeah, it just that was probably when... Um, I thought I could be good. I, I, the top. If you came in the top six at this English schools, you got to represent England at a cross country meet. It was England versus Ireland, Scotland, uh -huh. and Wales. So I went to that and got my first England kit, and that was that was pretty exciting when wow. when you're about fourteen years old or something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, and so like, I, I feel like that's a theme. Like, I don't, I. I don't want to jump really far ahead into your career, but it seems like a theme for you where um, it's just like the London Marathon, how you started off and each year just kept getting better and better and faster and faster. Um, and I think that there's something there maybe for some of us out there who are looking to do the same thing. You know, maybe not third time around, third time's a charm you win, you know, um, but, you know, we're trying to get better and faster. And what do you attribute that to uh, your growth 
you know, it seems like every time you come back to an event, is it like the mindset? I mean, obviously it's training as well, but what can we take from that, do you think, that would help us, say, if this is our second or third time running a, a half marathon in our local area, how can we approach it and try to come back and PR there? Yeah, I think, uh, well, for me, one was enjoyment. Like, I, I really did enjoy going to training. I didn't find it a chore. No one had yeah. to tell me to go out the door. Like, I always wanted to go training. Yeah. So that was one thing that I did enjoy what I was doing. Uh, and then consistency, really, just the weeks building upon weeks and then the competitions every weekend um, that I would do, they just helped me build confidence for the big competitions. And so when it did come around to, like, the big races, I didn't really feel that nervous because I'd yeah. been racing every weekend that, other races it just felt normal to me and it was fun yeah. um so i think basically just consistency enjoying what i was doing and yeah just took it from there really i think just naturally i got better every year and if i didn't get injured i got better every year because yeah you just kind of build upon like each year getting better at the training getting more used to it um, and that's the same with the marathons uh, when i first started marathon training i was tired all the time from <laughs> yeah, the training yeah. But I feel like now I don't feel as tired from the training because I'm used to running like 100 miles a week now. Yeah. So 100 miles to me doesn't feel like that much, um, even though it is. It doesn't, to me, that doesn't feel like a lot anymore yeah. because I've been doing it for like five years. Right. Um, so I think just building the consistency and getting your body used to the mileage is, yeah, definitely a big thing. And and just like, so how how long did it, you know, take you to get to the, where that, you know, 100 miles felt comfortable, like, I don't mean, I don't, a lot of people watching this won't and don't have the need to get to 100 miles, but if they're looking at, you know, they're doing 20 or 30 miles now and they hope to get to 50 to 60 to kind of maximize their potential at whatever race they're doing, um, hearing your, like, progression, I think, would kind of help. Like, how long did it take you to get up to 100 to the point where, like, you felt, you know, safe there? Yeah, I think I obviously, I don't do the same mileage all throughout the year. So when I'm building up to a marathon, I'll do high mileage about 12 weeks out from the marathon. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the year is kind of after the marathon, I'll take down weeks and then um, do like 10K kind of training where I do less. So it's not like the whole year I do 100 miles every single weekend. Um, But it did take me a long time. So yeah, my first marathon was in 2016 and I'd say a whole of 2015 was basically building um, the the base for the marathon and yeah. then 2016 I did my first one and yeah I, I felt pretty tired doing the training and it felt like not a chore but it was really hard whereas when I did it in 2017 um I ran three marathons in 2017 each one got easier yeah. um and to the point where the last marathon I did in the end of 2017 it was actually in Japan I didn't even really have to train for it like a marathon I just did 10k training because I'd already had such a good base from yeah the other two marathons that I did that year that I just was kind of like ticking over. Um, and that was really cool to be able to get to a point where I could just, you know, go into a marathon doing kind of like 10 K training with a few long runs. Um, so I think, yeah, it depends on obviously what, what the goal is for the year. Um, yeah, but it did take me a while to build up to a hundred miles for sure. I mean, even, yeah, like I still get injuries now. Um, so you do have to be careful even, now, like, running 100 miles for me, just have to be careful yeah. about injuries and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because I just think that, like, when, especially if you're newer to running or, you know, you, you get to that point where you start watching and thinking about what, 
you know, the pros are doing, then you just, I mean, I've, I've never thought in my head, like, oh, I can't wait till I get to 100 miles. <laughs> but you have that urge to say, oh, well, I must need to do, you know, more. And then you see, like, a lot of amateurs, um, when I say amateurs, I mean me, you know, um, start to, you know, like, just jump up to, like, you know, jump 20 miles and think that, like, going from 30 to 50 is just not that bad, you know. Um, yeah. And then you, you just don't realize how long it takes for you guys or you all to, like, ramp up over the amount of years that you've been running still yeah most of us also like don't have jobs um so, <laughs> yeah. uh we coach um like me, my partner and i we ha- we coach a few uh, a lot of athletes and um it is inspiring to see um people who have full-time jobs have like three kids and they still manage to get out and train yeah. and obviously for me that's I don't have three kids and I don't have a full-time job so I mean running is my full-time job so that does help to be able to build the mileage and get the recovery in and stuff like that I mean if you have a job and uh, you're trying to run 100 miles a week and you've also got to take care of your kids that also is an added stress in your life which you do have to take into consideration so at this point I'm lucky I don't have that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um and I guess I heard someone say the other day like on an Instagram thing saying that you know if you want to train for like to to PR in a marathon or something like that the moment you decide that you want to do that and you already have a job just basically treat it like you've just signed on to have another part-time job that you just yeah. don't get paid for at all you know and you yeah, just have to kind of it is a job um yeah I, I don't know how people some people do it I mean for me yeah like training is is my job and I do love that but yeah it must be so hard um for some people having to balance training and full-time work as well and like i said other stuff like kids right yeah right yeah those little things right um yeah they don't they don't need much attention it's just like they're like flowers you just water them every now and then you know and then just keep moving on um but you kind of segued a bit to you know purdue performance um so how can you tell me like how that got started when it started and you know just kind of for people that don't know that side of you yeah um so me and my partner Adam, we started uh, Purdue Performance in 2018, mm-hmm. um, just because we wanted to kind of we wanted to get into coaching really and help out um, runners and yeah we wanted to start something that we could do alongside training. He's an athlete as well, mm-hmm. um, and to be honest, like when you do get back from training, there's nothing really except for like relaxing. There's nothing right. really to yeah. do until yeah. next training. So it is good to have something to take your mind off um, the, the running. Uh, so yeah, we started podium performance to basically help um, other athletes, and we enjoy coaching. So um, yeah, we started it, and it's been going really well. Uh, it's something that we both enjoy doing. Um, like I said, helping out athletes in- achieve their goals, and um, yeah, it's cool. And, and so, like when you started in 2018, was it like an online thing at that point, or did it transform to like online in 2020, like everything else? <laughs> No, it's always been online, okay. um, which is good because in normal times, I usually spend a, a lot of my year in Australia. My yeah. coach is Australian, so I spend three months of the year out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good that it's online. It means that we can do it anywhere in the world. Right. Um, and we do still yeah, keep up good communication with our athletes. Um, and yeah, it's good. It's, it's good that we can coach. We've got athletes all, all around the world, so that's really cool as well. Yeah. Um, We've got, uh, yeah, we have obviously the time zones. It doesn't really matter too much. We can set the training and then we check in with them. So yeah, it works really well. Yeah, it looks like you have someone that's uh, that's coached by one of your uh, one of your coaches on here as well. Um, 
think it's Risk Gala. Um, yeah, and if, if, if anybody tuned in here, uh, now everybody's saying that Purdue performance is the best. So maybe we all need to sign on. This, this is the moment. Forget all this other stuff going on. Everybody go to the website, sign up for coaching. Um, and Thanks. so we're, now we got questions. Do you coach all levels? I was going to ask that. Neil, chill out, bro. Like, I need to, let me get my questions off. So do you coach all uh, levels yeah. of, you know, of runners? Yeah, all levels. Yeah, literally we have all levels of athletes. And I think that's something that is special about Purdue Performance as well because it's, yeah, I find it inspiring to coach all levels, to be honest, because yeah. it's obviously different to my training, but it is inspiring to see people get out there and do the races and the yeah. effort that everyone puts in. Um, like I said, sometimes I wake up at like seven and I look at my phone and we've got messages from athletes who have got up at five and done like a little session or a run. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? And then they go to work all day and then it's just like, well, so that doesn't inspire me as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. We've got, yeah, all levels of athletes. So, so uh, yeah, I was going to ask you that too. Like what, you know, starting this off, um, in, t- in 2018 what did you what have you learned since then that maybe um, like was a surprise to you that you didn't think you'd learn uh, and what two-parter so and then what have you um, what what's what have you taken away from some of this that you maybe even apply to your running to this day I think um, so the first <clears throat> part uh, what did I learn um, sometimes I well, obviously, Adam and myself started off Purdue performance. We now do have other coaches, but sometimes I would get a bit carried away with the training, which mm-hmm. I would set people. Um, so I had to obviously, you know, um, tailor it back a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I just got a bit carried away. I was like, oh, if they're training for a marathon, and I would set, like, um, not my sessions, definitely not, but still I would put the recoveries a bit too short or a bit too long and it was just like learning curve really to learn about what other people uh could do and yeah just the different abilities everyone's completely different as well which i think you know it has to be taken into consideration like i said about their job some we have athletes that are doctors and obviously you have to tailor that around so basically just making sure every person's training is completely tailored to them that's one thing i did learn and like what's the second part of the question? Well, yeah, we we definitely don't we definitely don't need our doctors to uh, be doing two a days, Charlotte. So exactly, yeah, yeah. We, need, we need them to have as much you know ability as possible with you know in the job the part, the part that matters for us. Uh, the second part of the question was like, have you learned or maybe experienced something in this coaching process that you that resonated with you to the point where like you you kind of think about it every now and then, or it helps you through your workouts or when you're racing. Uh, yeah, I think the running community as a whole, um, like we have a, a group chat of our Purdue performance athletes and mm-hmm. just the whole running community is really amazing, like how supportive everyone is of each other and that is something that's really special. Um, yeah, like whenever I race or whenever one of our coaches race, all the athletes are always behind everyone and mm-hmm. every weekend when there's athletes competing, everyone's asking how they're doing. I think that's really special how everyone's really interested in what everyone else is doing it right. doesn't matter what level you are it's it's still inspiring um yeah so that's that's pretty cool well that well that, that's definitely good i mean because I've, I've heard some of the people that i've had on the show that also do coaching have the same kind of feel like it's like oh wow like these people are 
you know, getting up at four or five in the morning when, you know, like you guys, you're still asleep because you don't, you know, you don't need to do that. Um, but they're still, they're, they're you know, doing that and going to work and coming back with kids and families and all that stuff. Um, so it is kind of, it's kind of cool to hear you guys go like, oh, I didn't, you guys do a lot of stuff, you know, us, am us, yeah. am us amateurs have it real tough. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, and one question that kind of like, I just randomly thought of while you were talking, because a lot of people on here, they look up to you and you inspire them. Uh, like Miss Personal Trainer said, Charlotte, you're so brave and inspiring soul. Keep up regardless. Um, you inspire a lot of people, so I'm sure you're a, a role model for a lot. Um, who was your role model coming up like in the, in the running world maybe? Whether it was just the coach that you had or if there was a, uh, an athlete that you looked to for inspiration. Yeah, um, so I was mentored by Dame Kelly Holmes uh, when I was coming up. Um, so she was obviously a massive inspiration to me. She had a mentoring program called On Camp with Kelly, mm -hmm. and she would take us like on trips uh, away, like in the UK. We actually went to Portugal, like on a few oh, training wow. camps, and we went. Yeah, she took us to the World Champs to watch in two thousand and nine. We went to watch Berlin World Champs, and I, I think like learning from her experiences, obviously of World Champs, Olympics, she would like talk us through everything. Yeah. She was really inspiring. Um, she taught us how to aqua jog. Um, so if we ever got injured, which I have used a lot, obviously. Okay. Um, but she taught us how to do cross training and injury prevention, like the importance of seeing a physio, like diet, yeah. literally yeah. everything pretty much I learned from her, which was really, really helpful. Yeah, I think um, just on that last part, I mean, I think that a lot of us uh, don't realize how much y you know professional athletes do to make sure that they stay healthy and stay strong, and when they're feeling bad, they, you know, it's so much that goes behind, you know, into it. There's, you know, so many of us will buy, like, the brand new shoe, you know, um, that's 250 or whatever it is, and not, and not go to see a physio or get massaged and all those other things. How important do you feel, like, could you speak to just how important some of those other pieces are and not just going out and running all the time? Like, I'm sure you probably talk to your, um, you know, people in Purdue Performance about this as well. Yeah, I do find it pretty hard myself, actually, because all I want to do is run all the time. But mm -hmm. especially as I've got a bit older, I've realized that it's so important to look after your body. And so I see a physio once a week now or get sports massage once a week. And sometimes even when I feel like I don't need it, yeah, it definitely is good to get it once a week or, yeah, just um, to look after your body, like stretching. I'm not very good at um, doing stretching and stuff I'm, after I'm a run. But I'm terrible. I mean, it's... It's just like reminding yourself, really. Um, like, yeah, ice ice baths are good. Um, just all the little things do add up. And mm -hmm. um, when I don't do them, I definitely feel the difference. But sometimes you can get carried away and just think run running yeah. is like the only thing. But even stuff like strength training is so yeah. important to try and prevent injuries before they come about. Um, yeah, it's just obviously it's a lot to take lot to do um as well as run yeah. um if you like i said have got a job and stuff but i think even if you can spend five minutes doing a bit of foam rolling in the evening when you're watching tv it's better than no minutes so yeah yeah just every every little one percent can help really yeah I, I think i learned that the hard way um i, I, I had a <laughs> so, stress for <laughs> i had a stress fracture in like july of last year that it had me out until like from july to maybe september or october um oh. and then so when i finally came back 
I was like, okay, I'm doing it different this time, and I did the strength training. Even if it's just like little stuff every now and then, it just seems like it helps so much, and I get sports massage once a month or something like that. Uh, I wish it could be more, but it's just like, you know, those things start to add up a bit. But um, I totally agree with you. It's like super important. And for someone like you, it's like your job. So I could see that it's like, you know, we have to make sure these things happen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and now I just have to go find a pool so I can do some aqua jogging. <laughs> Yeah, that's good too. I yeah. mean, it's been hard, obviously, the last year because pools haven't yeah. really been open and stuff. So I've been doing a lot of cycling instead, um, just on Zwift in, inside of my house. Um, but yeah, I do I do a lot more cross training now than I used to do, just because yeah, it helps to keep injuries yeah. away. Like if I have a niggle or something's a bit sore, instead of trying to run through it, which is what I would have done when I was like fifteen or something. Right. Now I just hop on the bike for a day or two, and usually they go away, and then oh, I can carry on running. Um, but that's, I've definitely learned that the hard way as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had exactly. a few injuries in my time. Um, but I like to think I've got a bit better at that anyway. Yeah, yeah, running is for sure like life. It's just trial and error, you know, like, and yeah. hopefully nothing sets you back too far. But, um, you learn as you go, really. So, um, it's kind of cool to hear that you're still learning too, you know, going through these things. <laughs> um, and so since, you know, your role model, you said it was Kelly Holmes, um, who, who, now that you are you know, uh, virtually at the top of the sport, what do you, who do you look to now? Is there anyone that inspires you now that's still out there, you know, running or a, you know, a fellow athlete or whatever it is that inspires you to kind of keep pushing? Yeah, I think now so much is more my training partners um, that I train with, especially my group in Australia. I think each of them is so different, but uh, we all work really well together. Uh, one of my training partners, Sinead, she's um, older than me but she's got two kids and a job and she runs 224 for the marathon so Jeez. training with her is inspiring because yeah we'll get up at six we'll do a, a massive like 30k interval session and then she'll I'll go back and sleep for the rest of the day but she'll <laughs> go to work and then she has two kids to look after so for me it's it's things like that like she inspires me massively and yeah my other training partners as well just you know, they get injured, but they come back and they continue to smash it, make Olympic teams. So just, yeah, their stories um, are really inspiring to me now, I guess. Well, and LFC, it seems like everybody's like reading our, our minds here as we go along, but LFC uh, Pet uh, 8 said, who's your closest friend on the circuit? Is that, would that would you consider your training partners, you know, the, the lady that you mentioned, one of those people? Yeah, Sinead, 100%. Um, when I would get to Australia, obviously, I haven't seen her for like a year. But yeah, um, yeah like Sinead, Andrea, Genevieve, like we have a, such a good group of girls that um, I train with. And like I said, Sinead obviously does the marathon as well. But yeah. like Andrea and Genevieve, that Jen does the steeplechase and Andrea does 5K um, and the 10K. So we all work really well together, but all do different events. So I think that's pretty cool as well. Um, and I just love the fact that Although we work hard and train together, it's never like competitive at all. Everyone yeah. wants each other to do really well, um, so that's that's really nice as well. I, I can't I can't I feel like I can't believe that though. I think that like some of your workouts, I'm sure you guys get pretty competitive. <laughs> I mean, not that you don't want them to do well, but I'm assuming that there's a lot of competitive juices flowing when you're in your workouts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, we usually just. It's funny because we do workouts that um, my coach sets um, and he'll do like a 2K effort at the start and then we'll do like 1Ks and then 400s or something. And it's really funny that 
all the girls look to me and Sinead and they're like, oh, you're taking the 2K efforts because yeah. we're just like metronomes. We can just run the same pace for 2K. But then as soon as it gets to the 1K, it might be like Andrea that takes the the effort. But then when it gets to the 400s, like me and Sinead are right at the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's that just knowing what your strengths are and then, you know, using the other girls, their strengths to help you. And then they we help them on uh, their weaknesses. So I think it's, yeah, just knowing, like, working together as a team has really helped because, obviously, running is such an individual sport, but if you've got a team that you can work with, that does definitely help. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I, I, I'm itching to ask about the 2019, you know, London uh, Marathon because it just seemed like such a, I mean, it's, it was just such a big moment. I, I feel like, the, and I was watching it live, and I, you know, and I just, like, this is great. This is awesome. And... <laughs> Can you just kind of take me through? Well, I'll, I'll jump back for a second. So I, I watched. I was watching an interview, and you, you know, your your London pass is like you know two thirty two, and then two twenty nine, and then I think you were doing an interview with um, someone from like the Vital, like what I've the Virgin. It was like a Virgin um, London interview, and you said that you know like okay, my PR is two twenty nine. I'd love to try to go three minutes lower than that. And it seemed like you knew like exactly what you were shooting for, um, like almost very exact. And then, but it seemed like you know the people watching it was just such a surprise. Can you just kind of talk, walk me through like that that moment or that day, and kind of what your thoughts were as you were feeling like I'm gonna n- nail that goal that I was reaching for? Yeah, I think I ran two twenty nine in twenty seventeen. Seventeen, it yep. was. Um, and then I missed 2018 London Marathon because I was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in that year of 2018, I did gain a lot of fitness after my injury, yeah. um, like building back up. And so I already feel like I was a year ahead of that. I just didn't have the race to back it up. Right, right. Um, and then in 2019, um, Sinead, my training partner, she had already run 225 in the October of um, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I went out to Australia in end of 2018, 2019, I was training with her. And obviously she was a 225 runner, I'm a 229 runner, but yeah. I was keeping up with her in workouts and we were training really well together. And obviously she'd already run 225, so she was trying to get faster at London Marathon. Yeah. Um, but I knew that being able to keep up with her meant that I should be in around about that shape. And my coach was kind of telling me, you know, you're doing the same workouts that she did when she ran right. 225. Yeah. You should be able to run 225. And so when it got to, yeah, like a few weeks before the London Marathon and we discussed the plan, I just had so much confidence knowing what she had done and she'd yeah. already done the 225 that I thought there's no way that I shouldn't be able to do it. Obviously, everything has to go right on the day of the race, but yeah. luckily it did. Um, and yeah, I ran 225. So I think it was, yeah, basically, I would have, I don't know what I would have run in 2018 had I run a marathon, right, but right. I would have... Um, probably run faster than 229 which would have meant there was a little gap in between but Mm -hmm. obviously I didn't get the chance to race a marathon so well I did but I was injured so yeah um yeah I missed that but yeah 220 225 in 2019 yeah and then that was the race that put you as the fourth fastest British woman um British marathoner yeah Yeah. so I mean when did it when when did the when did you, did you know that number like I mean when you crossed the finish line was it like are you one of those folks that like just knows all the numbers and the stats or did someone like tell you after? Yeah, no, I, I literally had no idea. When I actually crossed the line, I was um, told that it was actually the third fastest time at the at the time. Yeah. Um, someone's recently run faster than uh, that, but at the time it was the third fastest. Uh-huh. Um, 
ever. And yeah, I, I literally didn't have a clue. I mean, I just crossed the line. I didn't even know I'd run 225, to be honest, because the pace had dropped out at uh, halfway. And then okay. I was pretty much running alone from yes. halfway onwards. Yeah. Um, and I stopped looking at my watch at about um, 10k to go because I just thought, you know, I just want to run now to the end. There's nothing I can do. I'm running as fast as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just tried to get to the end as quickly as possible. And when I turned the corner, I actually didn't look up at the clock even because I thought, in my head, I thought I've probably run about 227. Yeah. And across the line, turned around, I saw 225. And I was a bit shocked, to be honest, because, like I said, I thought it was, I thought I'd run about 227 because wow. I was kind of thinking that I would have died a bit in the last, um, the last 10k, but luckily I didn't. <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about, like, tunnel vision. I mean, for you to not, like, see the, you know, you just looking straight at the, straight forward and focused and locked in. I mean, because that was, like, watching it, that's what it looked like. You just looked like you were just locked in and nothing was going to stop you from that pace that you were on. Yeah, I think the workouts that I did um, before, they kind of prepared me for, like, I did I did do a few workouts alone as well as yeah. running with Sinead yeah. um, because I came back from Australia about six weeks before okay. London Marathon and then I was pretty much training alone for the whole time mm-hmm. um, before the six weeks before. So I think that training alone did actually help me a lot um, looking back because I got used to doing workouts by myself, which were really long or long runs where I'd start off with a group, but then I'd have to finish them alone. So yeah, yeah. It did prepare me well for the last 10K when I was, yeah, completely by myself. And I think I was just trying to get to the end as quickly as I could. I thought there's no point looking at the clock now because there's nothing I can do. Like, I'm running as fast as I can. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was definitely a sight to see, and you were, I mean, and you just had this, like, this determination, and, and I want, and I'm, you know, I feel like there's, like, they say comedians, um, like, the funniest comedians, like, have, like, this dark past or whatever that makes them so funny, but what, what's, what's one of the reasons why you think that you can, you know, just dig so deep, um, and then, you know, continuously, you know, PR and get better at, at certain races, and, like the fact that you turned the corner and did not look up at the at the at the time just you know means to me that you're just like you know full of grit and focus. Where do you think like that part comes from? Because not everyone, even at your speed, does not everyone has that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I think ever since I was younger, I always um, like would give it everything in in my races, where to the point yeah where I'd finish and literally be exhausted like falling over the line so I think just ever since I was younger I always had the the mindset that I've got to you know give everything on the day and that if I finish and I've got any energy then I haven't really worked hard enough so I think just carrying that on into um yeah into professional running is now obviously I know a bit better how to pace myself but yeah um just the training that I do is so hard that when I get to the race I, I do feel pretty prepared and I know what my capabilities are so I feel like, yeah, all the hard work's already done in the training, so I just want to let it out in the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely it definitely shows, and I'm glad that <laughs> in, in, when you finished in London in uh, 2019, you didn't fall over or anything like that. So, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. I mean, because I think there Maybe was... Maybe I could have run faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are you doing? We could be talking about, <laughs> like... We could be talking about like two twenty four or something right now if you had just <laughs> run a little faster, Charlotte. Like, get it together. Do you need... Well, do you need I, a, Sinead ran 2.24, so I was, I was like, when I found out that she ran 2.24 and we were training together, I was like, oh, I should have run 2.24 yeah, with exactly. Sinead. <laughs> exactly, right? And and maybe we just need to get one of the Purdue performance coaches with you to kind of help you, 
you know, get a little faster. So next time we need you to do a little bit, a little bit better, okay? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, speaking of the next time, somebody asked a little bit earlier, like, um, what are your what are your what are your plans now for what's what's the next marathon you're thinking about running? Are you going to return to uh, London in the fall? Yeah, uh, I would like to. I mean, last October there was a London Marathon Elite race, mm -hmm. um, and I was planning to do it, but then um, they announced that the British trials for the Olympics were going to be in March this year. Yeah. Um, so I had a little um, bit of injury around May time, so I did miss a bit of training. So I thought in my head I'll do the London Marathon, but then once it got announced that the Olympic trials were in, in March, I thought yeah. instead that I'd train for that. Um, and that, that would be my main focus and that I would just train basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, unfortunately in January I got an, another injury, um, which meant that I couldn't run the Olympic trials in March. So yeah, that was kind of out of the question. But again, I feel like I've had some good training in the last year. I just haven't been able to race a marathon, but yeah. I think, you know, with coronavirus and the, the lack of races as well, um, it's not really a bad thing to have like a little break off the yeah. marathon because if yeah. I if I run like three marathons a year from when I'm age yeah. 24, like I want I want to be doing this till I'm yeah like 35 or 36. So it's just not really sustainable. So I actually think that the break from the racing of the marathons has been quite a good blessing in disguise. Right. But yeah, yeah, definitely in the autumn I'd love to do one of the marathon majors. I think obviously my heart's set in London marathon because I love yeah. running there. Um, but yeah, I'd, prob I'd probably love to do London marathon. I just gotta actually talk to my coach and decide which one we're going to do because obviously everyone's like a week later aren't yeah it's they? all yeah all of them are <laughs> at the same time it seems i would love to do two but i just don't know how it would work and logistically <laughs> i feel like it probably wouldn't so yeah, i'll probably just set settle for one and then next year target um a different one or something um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think in order, yeah, in order to do two of the good ones, I mean, I feel like you'd have to do, you'd have to run twice, two marathons in a month, and we all know that, you know, we we can't, yeah. you, you can't do two two uh, two two twenty fours in one month. I think that would probably be impossible. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I think yeah, I'd probably get injured, and my coach would tell me off, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I probably won't be able to do that. <laughs> And so, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, the, the, you know, the reasoning for not doing 2020 um, London Marathon was because the, you know, the trials were going to be in, in March, right? Yeah. So can you, you know, talk to me about like that process? I mean, obviously everyone knows, you know, that, you know, you're upset for, sounds like a pretty damn good reason. Um, and, you know, can you just walk us through that process if you're not extremely tired of talking about it at this point, but <laughs> kind of right. like highlighting some, some points there and, um, just talking about that process, I think that that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, my plan was obviously to do the trials in uh, March, but mm -hmm. unfortunately I got an injury in January when I was on a training camp in Dubai. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the plan was made by the medical team that I wasn't going to rush back for the trials and that I would instead sit out and have a medical exemption to miss it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I knew that was a risk with the Olympics because if – uh, more than one person at the trials ran the qualifying time they would most likely get selected right um but then at the trials only one athlete who had the time um she finished first so she was automatic but there was no other athletes with the time at the trials mm -hmm. so there was two spots available okay um and there was three of us with the qualifying time um that had medical exemptions to miss the trials but mm -hmm. i was the second fastest right um so in my head i kind of thought that, obviously, I'm not guaranteed, but I thought that gave me a good right. chance um, because being second fastest and over a minute faster than the 
the third person. Um, but yeah, British Athletics chose the the uh, third fastest instead of me um, to go to Tokyo. So yeah, I was a bit gutted to be yeah. honest because, like I said, we all had a medical exemption, and I feel like I have I've been back running. Um, I'd been back running for eight weeks by the time the selection meeting was. But yeah, someone in the meeting said that I was only running thirty minutes a day and that I was eight weeks away from full training. Um, so obviously that information wasn't correct. And yeah, yeah I did appeal, but it was unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it sounds like, you know, because um, I've even heard you say a couple of times, like, you know, obviously you appealed and you know, you're, you're you know happy for the person that was, you know, picked. But then at the same time, like the reasoning for, uh, you know, the, the fact that someone says that you're, you know, eight weeks away from running full, um, and only running 30 minutes, um, 30 minutes a day when it's like you were maybe running 30 minutes a day at one point and you've been back for eight weeks is probably, you know, the, the way it probably happened. Um, it just, that, I mean, that seems to be the, the thing. And obviously you, you worked hard to get to that point and it's not like you didn't prove yourself, you know, um, with times. So yeah, I, I hated to hear it and I was like, you know, and and we we talked before when you were you know, in Dubai training, um, you know, via you know, instant, you know DM or whatever, and everything was you know going pretty well, and I'm just assuming like just like you were that you're you know ramping up for something great, you know, um, but so how where are you what you said right so right now it's been completely I mean is there another step in this process or is it just you know what is it right now? Um, yeah, there's not really much else I can do, to be honest, because they obviously announced the team, um, which, yeah, I think that was obviously a bit unfair because I hadn't even appealed yet and they already announced the athletes had been selected. So it kind of, it's hard to appeal when you've, when they've already given the spots to two athletes because it's not fair to take it away from someone, but I also, I I also was going to appeal. So I feel like that was not really handled very well but yeah. yeah I'm not I'm not really able to do anything now so I just kind of want to move on and focus on a new a new race and something else exciting um to yeah. look forward to yeah I mean because like I just I mean I definitely wanted to talk about that like just I messed since you messed before like <laughs> I'm I'm you know I that I, I'm upset for you as well and I'm sure everybody on on here is is you know as well and it's just an unfair I heard saw disgraceful and all that stuff uh process <laughs> But you know, like I, I liked following you, you because of you know the the energy that you that you put into running, um, and like the smile on your face when you crossed the line and all that stuff, like right there, you know. So it's just I think that it's just a crappy thing that happened. Um, but then, like you said, I mean, I don't want to be like that stupid person. It's like, oh, this happens for a reason. But like you know, like you said, for the whole you know. The fact that you got got to take some time off and maybe not do so many marathons in you know 2020 actually may be you know somewhat of a blessing in disguise, um, and I think it sounds like you've got the right mindset on going forward, and I and we definitely hope to see you in in London or wherever you wherever you pick because I it sounds like you're feeling really good right now. So where are you in that process of um, you know would you say you're back to like full Charlotte style or is there some <laughs> You know, are you still have some ramp up going still to get back? Yeah. Um, so I'm running about 85 miles a week at mm-hmm. the moment. So not obviously 100 or more than that, um, which I would do with a marathon training. Mm-hmm. But um, I think because I'm so far out from when the race will be, yeah. that 
I don't want to get another injury now. And so my main focus is just getting consistent 85 mile weeks in. Yeah. Um, and then just building from there, focusing on a bit more speed as well, because obviously when you're running uh, so much, it's hard to get the quality right. in as well. Right. Um, I feel like I've got a lot of years now of high mileage where um, like I can go out and do a two and a half hour run, no problem. But if you ask me to run, yeah, like 400s or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like a K really fast, you're like, oh, no. I'm good at that. Yeah, so yeah. I think working on running like 85 miles a week, but more quality mm-hmm. um, is what I'm going to do now uh, up until probably 12 weeks before or 10 weeks before we usually do um, the race. And then I'll start doing longer workouts. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, focusing on something else is obviously what I'm going to do now and yeah. um, just move on from this whole, yeah, it's been a stressful two weeks, but yeah, yeah, I, know. <laughs> um, yeah I, I can't, I can't really believe it happened really. It's just all, yeah, it was, it's been a bit crazy, but yeah, like I said, the support from the running community. Oh my been gosh. Lit- yeah, literally crazy. One of our athletes sent me a, um, a Costa Coffee voucher, which definitely made my day a bit better that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I just got an email with a coffee voucher and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Um, but yeah, like the messages from the running community and everything is just yeah literally blown my head really it's been amazing yeah i mean yeah it's like it was like in the moment you posted something about it um it was like an outpour you know it was i feel like it was like everywhere and everyone supporting you um <laughs> but then i mean i think that it it definitely won't stop i mean because like someone just said like you're you're handling it you know extremely well with such a positive mindset that i mean to me it just it just makes us you know like can't we just can't wait to see you know what's next for you um, cause we, I mean, cause we know like not you fit, I feel like you ran like with a chip on your shoulder anyway, you know, at, at some point <laughs> maybe you didn't, but that's just what I see like on TV when, when I watch. So I can't imagine like, you know, what, the, what that will motivate now, um, to dig a little deeper and just to keep pushing. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, although obviously I've been, I feel like a bit let down and disappointed yeah. by a few people. But I think it doesn't really change the fact that I love to run and that's what I've always been like since I was 15 years old. So just the fact that I love racing and love running, it doesn't really change that I'm not going to be going to the Olympics. Like I'll still be just as happy to be lining up at London Marathon, for example, and racing there and trying to run as fast as I can. So I think, yeah, putting it all aside, um, I basically just love training and love racing. So yeah, I'll continue to do that. <laughs> well, um, I have some. I have a selfish question because I have a race um, coming up next Sunday, a marathon next Sunday, um, and you know the. And while before I ask this, whoever's listening now, we got a few people on on here. If you have any questions, um, throw them in there now. Maybe we can get a couple of questions in um, as long as it makes sense for us to ask it. Um, so yeah, write your questions in the comments there, and I'll try to make sure we catch a few at the end. But so Charlotte, so. You know, everyone, you know, whether you're running a 5K for some people to the marathon or ultras or whatever, we all, like, have these moments where, like, you just hit, like, a, a weird spell or, like, a moment where it's just hard um, and it was unplanned or too early or whatever, you know? When, how do you, when those moments happen, how do you push through those? Like, it, is there a mantra or, like, what's, what mental space do you go to to kind of help you push past those really hard times that we, you know, all have inevitably in a marathon? Yeah, I think um, I like to take my mind off it by thinking about something else. So in a marathon, I try to think about where the next drink station is 
um, like trying to get to that point. And then by the time I got to that point, I'll take a drink and then I'll be thinking about the next one. Um, just looking at like key points on the course to try and get, get through and get to the next one. Um, and yeah, just thinking about all the training that you've done yeah. already that you've, yeah, you've already achieved all that training. So, you know, you can't, you can't get to the race and let it all go to waste. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something I always think about as well. Um, when I get to the race. So yeah, like you're doing those like uh, the, the you're like landmark racing, you know, like you're like where's yeah. the next where's the um, I'm going to get I'm going to get down there to the next stop sign and I'm going to try to keep yeah. going after that. So like you're just looking for like, you know, aid stations whether you're going to stop there or not. You know, you're just like, okay, I need yeah, to get to the next table. Um, yeah, it just gets me through because, like, at London Marathon, for example, there are every 5K. So I think if I can get to the next 5K and get my drink and then I'm like, oh, I'll get to the next 5K yeah, and then yeah. You know, it just it does tick it off a, a little bit easier than you know looking at your watch every mile or something. <laughs> yeah, like then you're yeah you're, you're half you're in. They're like, oh wow, we only got you know 17 miles left. You know, like you don't yeah. want to you don't want to do that at all, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> Um, after I had another, oh, so in big news, you know, before this was, you know, the switch from, from, um, from Nike to Adidas. So you're with Adidas now. Oh, yeah. How, um, how was that, you know, process of switching over? Um, and then how are you feeling now with Adidas and, and all that stuff? Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, obviously when I was with Nike, I never got the chance to try um, any different shoes but I actually really like the Adidas shoes I think yeah they've got a great range especially of um, like lighter racing flats mm -hmm. um, I found that Nike only had like carbon shoes really so um, in some of my training sessions I don't want to run in carbon shoes I just mm -hmm. want to run in like normal running flats and yeah, I think yeah. Adidas have a, a good range of you know like normal racing flats that you can wear that aren't carbon which is definitely helpful yeah um so that you can just put the carbon shoes on when it gets to race day and you feel uh you know you feel fast and like ready but in training you can wear um lighter shoes that aren't carbon as well yeah. so i definitely like their their range of um they've got just yeah like a huge range of racing flats and um, the kits are really nice too. So yeah, yeah, I've actually found it really good, um, moving over. <laughs> and well, yeah, if you could just talk to Mr. and Mrs. Adidas, um, cause I have the orange <laughs> ones here. Um, the oh, Adi yeah. Zeros, yeah. I need, when they come out, we just need them to keep coming out more so, you know, more colors, know. You know, more options so we can, you know, so we can all get our hands on them. Cause it's like, uh, they, these dropped maybe a couple of weeks ago and I've, I was able to grab, so, grab a pair, but then like. Ten minutes later, I went back just to see what was there, all gone. You know, I mean, that's a good problem for Adidas, but, you know, it ain't so good yeah. for us. <laughs> I mean, when I was in Dubai, they had a, a lot more availability over there. Oh, I'll um, just, I'll just so fly. Maybe, maybe you can yeah. go to Dubai and get your kit yeah. shoes, but no, honestly, right. um, I've had a few people ask me that when they're going to, like, drop again, and I honestly don't know, but... Yeah, when they do, obviously, they'll go pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Well, so I'm writing this down. I'll just hop over, to catch a flight to Dubai, grab a couple pair, <laughs> and then just, you know, no, no problem at all. So if you don't mind, we'll maybe take some questions. Um, yep. So that we kind of covered the that thing. We're kind of we're going to try to move on from the from the athletics thing. Uh, what? So Neil Watford said, what advice would you give to yourself if you were starting your running journey again as a kid? Oh, good question, Neil. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've had a lot of injuries my whole career. Mm -hmm. I would like to say do something that stops me from getting injured so much. <clears throat> but, I mean, I feel like now 
I'm trying to do that and I, yeah. I still pick up injuries. So I think they are part of the sports, I think. Yeah. But when I was younger, I probably did run through a few things that I shouldn't have. Um, yeah, yeah. So if I was yeah. starting up again, yeah. I'd tell myself, you know, when you feel something that's sore, take a few days off rather than trying to carry on running on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because as a runner, you kind of think that like, oh, this you feel so many things in marathon training. Yeah. So it's like if you stopped every time, it'd be like, you exactly. Know. But yeah, exactly. it, it's hard to know until until you know, <laughs> you know. It is. I wish I could see like three days in ahead and see what it's gonna feel like in three days, and I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. Exactly. Or like just like a quick like full body X-ray scan thing, and like, yeah. oh, this is a real thing. We should slow down. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, let me. See. So Martin says we're talking about injuries. What's the what's the most common injury Charlotte suffers from? Charlotte meaning you, not me. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of bone injuries, unfortunately. So like stress responses. Um, and stuff I don't seem touch wood I don't seem to get like muscle injuries mm-hmm. I seem to just get uh, like bone bruises and stuff which obviously isn't ideal because they take about four to six weeks to heal but yeah um, yeah they're the kind of injuries that I seem to get <laughs> and we have a question I, th- I missed the name on here but who um, between the half marathon and the marathon which one's your favorite race uh, definitely the marathon but I do like the half as well because you get to run more of yeah. them. So obviously the marathon you can only run like two a year or uh, something, but uh, the half you can run a lot more. Um, you can do them like once a month, for example. So I kind of like them. Uh, yeah, I don't know really. Both for different reasons. <laughs> well, and and so uh, Joan Egan two thousand says, "What's uh, what's what's your um, what's Charlotte's advice uh, for marathon taper uh, last long run, etc." Uh, yeah, so last long, long run, I'll do like three weeks before mm-hmm. um, the race, and then I'll do, so that'll be like two and a half hours or something, and yeah. then I'll do probably like two hours, two weeks before, yeah. and then one week before I do like 75 minutes, um, or even, yeah, like 60 minutes to 75 minutes, um, so yeah, I'd say three weeks before I do my last really long run, and then after that it just gets less and less, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the other part of the question was. Um, I just think it was like what last long run, etc. Like you know, oh, okay. maybe, yeah, the week of maybe like so like I mean the week of, so normally you're like maybe at you know a hundred miles going in to a marathon. Yeah. What what on the week of the of the race, how many miles are you hitting? When you tow the line, like, are you at fifty miles for the forty miles for the week? Fifty miles. I'd for the say week, like right? forty. Yeah, 40? we hardly do it. We hardly do anything. We so, just do like really small runs, and uh, yeah. I'd say the pace doesn't slow down. Like, I still do the same kind of pace, mm-hmm. but the distance will be so much less. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd say like forty miles before the race. Oh, that's that's you know that's not bad. So for me, like, so I'll just do two miles. No, just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, I I think I'm. I'm gonna be. I was at like 70 miles for the like for th- two weeks ago. I was 70 miles three weeks in a row, and then I think going into next week's race, I'll be at like 25 miles going okay. in. Um, so I think that that probably would work out about the same somewhere. Yep. So thank you for that question, jo- uh, Joan, because it helped just helped me a little bit there. Um, what I think you talked about this earlier, Charlotte. Dawson asks, is asking Charlotte, what age did you start running? I think you talked about it earlier, but what age was that again? Yeah, uh, about 13. 13, yeah. And then you were winning, and then you won the national title by 15. So, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> easy, easy peasy, right? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and this, I think we'll end it on a light one. Um, Mark, Mark Ruby says, uh, do you have any other interests away from running? Um, I'd say the coaching. I do enjoy doing, uh, yeah. just relaxing, walking my dog, boring stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> online shopping, you know? Oh yeah, there we go. There we <laughs> stuff go. Stuff that doesn't require very much walking around. I'm actually really lazy when I'm not running. Um, I like, I drive to the shop when it's walking distance away because I just need to conserve all my energy for running. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, boring stuff like Netflix and you know watching TV. <laughs> well, yeah, man. That I mean, that's your your life right now fits perfectly into like pandemic lifestyle because it does. Doesn't yeah, it? it's <laughs> literally exactly the same. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Except I can't I can't go to Australia and there's less races for me to choose from. Apart yeah. from that, everything has stayed exactly the same. Yeah, I, I keep seeing all these memes that people are putting up with, like, um, saying that basically, you know, they're showing themselves get, like, the, the vaccine or something like that, and then they go, please, somebody help me, you know, remind myself of all the reasons I used to give to people to not come out. Because, you know, <laughs> people that like doing, like, stuff like that, watching TV, walking a dog, and just chilling, are kind of, not alone, but just staying at home, like, more homebodies, they're like... When this whole thing is, I can't even blame this on the pandemic anymore. You know, like, what am I going to do <laughs> yeah. when I have to just tell them that I don't want to come? <laughs> yeah, like, my, my friends, they just know not to ask. My friends that don't run, they just know not to ask me if I want to go. Go yeah. anywhere now. <laughs> just, not, just, not, just not going. Um, yeah. I wasn't going to let that be the last question, but since we're kind of talking about the pandemic a little bit, um, uh, Danielle Hodgkinson's fi- Hodgkinson 5 said, uh, how much do you think that... Uh, running in a group helps uh, because, you know, a lot of people went into the pandemic running with a lot of people and experiencing that, like that, that atmosphere. Um, but they got that taken away and it's hard to stay motivated and all that stuff. But so now that we've gone through this and still kind of going through it, how important do you feel running in a group is? Um, yeah, like I said before, I did benefit from running in, with my group, but I also did benefit at the London Marathon, for example, from running a lot of my workouts alone mm-hmm. um, for both reasons. So I think a bit of both is good. Um, yeah. yeah, we encourage our athletes to do group training a lot, um, but they also do a lot of running alone. So I think a, a good mixture of both. If you get reliant on running with people every right. single day, I think, yeah, it, it doesn't really help you when you're in a race and you're running alone. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you're running alone all the time, it, it can get I don't know it can get boring like it's good to have friends to run with it takes your mind off it and it keeps you accountable so I think a bit of both (laughs) yeah it's like it's like running by yourself to kind of sharpen the the race side of your your brain and then running in groups so that the training doesn't seem too too long and and, and arduous you know yeah but 100% but uh, so as we bring this race to an end um what number one I mean, we know where to find Charlotte the Runner, but what information would you like to share about, you know, Purdue performance? And then after that, you know, could you just leave us with a Charlottism of some sort? Because everyone is saying that how inspired they are by you and they love the energy and all that stuff. So, one, where can, where can we find more information about Purdue performance? And then, two, leave us with some amazing gem that will make us go knock our socks off and go running. Thanks. Um, I'm under pressure now. Uh, yeah. No. I think um, for Purdy Performance, you can find out uh, on our Instagram and our website, um, which is linked on my Instagram page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the information's on our website, which is cool. And um, my gem of information, I'd say, number one, enjoy what you're doing. It's way more fun um, to run if you actually enjoy it 
and like I said, meeting up with people can help or signing up to a fun race or um, getting a new training program, anything that helps you enjoy it more. Um, it just makes the races seem, yeah, more fun. Not easy, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, you got to enjoy what you do. So, yeah, that's my main. Well, it, it definitely... <laughs> It definitely no. That is that's. I mean, it definitely does seem like you enjoy it. Um, and we, I can't wait to see what the next race, your next race, and see you kind of enjoy that, um, and see the comeback of, from the injury and all this other stuff that's going on. So thanks so much for that. And if you have one second, if, can you uh, talk to you before? But um, we're doing a giveaway, everyone, for um, a pack of like Morton. Morton is um, you know the the fueling. Um, so it's like a, a water bottle and a bunch of other stuff, all the different little Morton things that they have, like the gels and all that stuff. It's too far away for me right now to reach for it. But, oh yeah, so I can get you this one. So it's a bunch of stuff like this, the Morton packs and all that good stuff. And if you could help me pick a number, because people shared this post and all that stuff, if you can help me pick a number between 1 through 85, that will help me pick a winner. But it's very important. You The, the, the charlatism gym was, was pressured. But this is like 50 something dollars probably or so worth of like free stuff that somebody's gonna get so this is really important charlotte don't mess this up one um, through 85 i'm gonna go 10 10 okay so yeah. the winner of the winner of this uh this giveaway is a, uh, on instagram his name is marathon j marathon j won that won the uh he's actually bought some stuff from me as well so he, i'm sure he's gonna be very happy marathon j thank you so much for participating thank you charlotte for doing that um why'd you pick 10 uh my birthday's on the 10th <laughs> there we go there we go all right what what month what what month is it uh, june june and 10th place in london Look at that. Yeah, that's true. Running, yeah, running. My, my house number is 10 as well, so I think I just like the number Whoa, 10. <laughs> whoa. 10th place, 10. Oh, my God. Oh, so that's, we're getting creepy now. <laughs> now I'm going to see 10s everywhere I go. It's going to be ten. Oh, the number 10 everywhere. Um, and it starts with a 1, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. As long as there's a 1 in there. Like, we could, if, you said exactly. tw if you said 20, we would have a problem, right? Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. But thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much for being on the show. And thank you everyone that's watching this. Please be, be safe out there. Run in groups when you can. Be safe and all that stuff. Have fun in your next marathon or whatever race you're doing. And make sure to get faster and better chip times. You just run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thank you. Thanks. thanks Good thanks luck Charlotte. in your race. Thank you. I, you, I need you to track me the whole way, and I need to know you're, you're, you're rooting for me. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> all right, have a good one. Bye. Bye. What's up? I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, one thing that stood out to me um, throughout this episode was, or this conversation with Charlotte, was that like that smile that we see on TV during the race, after the race, in, in all these other interviews and things like that. I mean, it's real. And I really felt like I was talking to someone that I've known for quite a while when I literally just met her on this show. Um, really nice person i can't wait to see what 2021 and, tw and beyond has in store for her or what she has in store for it uh she's a fighter she's full of grit full of wisdom and downright just a good person so all that stuff that just happened with the trials and all that stuff uh, was just trash and i can't wait to see how how she come ba comes back from that and her redemption story so um it's gonna be a movie so you might as well check it out now get your tickets ready because she's going to do some great things this year thanks so much for listening to this episode make sure you mash that subscribe button like i said follow charlotte on instagram follow Ch at chip time running follow 
uh, Purdue performance as well. Go to her page if you uh, can't find it. Go to her page, and then you can follow uh, the Purdue performance from there because they give tips on running and all that good stuff. So uh, we all love tips from the pros, so check it out. Love you guys. Make sure you run, eat, sleep, and repeat.